Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Albert Hammond Jr. first rose to prominence as the lead guitarist of The Strokes, a band at the forefront of New York City's indie rock renaissance in the early aughts. The Strokes released their debut album, Is This It?, in 2001 to huge commercial success. Two decades, five albums, and a Grammy later, The Strokes have become a modern successor to the bands that influenced them. The Cars, The Stooges, The Velvet Underground. In 2007, Albert Hammond Jr. launched his solo career, putting his songwriting and abilities as a frontman to the test. He's now released five albums of his own, including his latest, Melodies on Hiatus, which came out just a couple of months ago. It's a double album that he co-wrote with Canadian singer Simon Wilcox and features collaborations with Goldlink and Matt Helders from the Arctic Monkeys. On today's episode, Albert Hammond Jr. and I discuss his parents' recent divorce and how despite the fact that he's in his early 40s, he was still dramatically impacted by it. Albert also reminisces about his past life as a champion roller skater who was once scouted by Christy Yamaguchi's Olympic ice skating coach. And he also explains why he's never been a fan of everyone else's favorite bands, Radiohead and Led Zeppelin. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's my conversation with Albert Hammond Jr. When did you record the new solo record, Melodies on Hiatus? Man, I thought it was going to come out a lot sooner. (laughs) I started in... 2019, right at the end of touring my last record, Francis Trouble, I had no idea of making a double album. It wasn't like I want to make two records. All I thought was I can start now. And because I, I knew I wanted to deconstruct the band and I wanted to keep it, meaning like the record before that was a live band in a room in a studio like this, a studio I had upstate. It was very like 
studio live takes band and upstate this w- new york upstate new york yeah okay. sorry you Nothing live in new york either. long enough you just call it upstate yeah <laughs> so i wanted to just like i usually i love plugging my guitar in direct even if it's just to like an apollo i mean i would plug it into a board i, I love that too or just like a neve like that over there but i was like let's just do it all like we do the demos drum machines kind of play all the different parts with instruments and we're just trying to create a vibe for each song to then play for people to be like this is where i want it to go right help me get it there yeah, <laughs> yeah so it started in 2019 my parents were getting divorced and my mom was in this rental right by the beverly center very very cool rental yeah just started there with my laptop but your parents just got divorced well when we were recording in 2017 here they just started Wow, but it was still happening in 2019. I think it ended. I think it took like four or five years. It was it was kind of ridiculous. Wow, I was going to ask you because I, I guess you know, old man seemed like an obvious jumping off point. <laughs> it's so funny because some songs come, you know, they just kind of like lay themselves out. I remember I was I was at my this whole time 2016, 17, 18. I was staying a lot in my parents' apartment here. They weren't here, and I. My life was a lot here. The, the Strokes were doing stuff. I had my solo manager and my label here working with people. So it was just easy to come here. And I was just playing the guitar and it kind of just like, it kind of came. I said, my old man, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I kind of just had it. It wasn't intended to be a dig at him or anything. And then by the time I got to doing lyrics and Simon, actually Simon Wilcox did lyrics because by the time i got to 20 songs i looked at all 20 and i was like there's no way i'm gonna finish these this is too much work i'd rather start from scratch but you but you knew you liked all 20 yeah yeah i knew well by then it was like the album's a double album but like i I, song titles little lines here and there lyrics for me are last so i'll do i sang all the songs parts i knew i had melodies for and ones i was searching or if i wanted to change it a little bit you know, they'd still punch me in and I'd be like, oh, that's that's fine for them to be similar. This one should be a little different. Let me just kind of find it. Yeah. But you're just making shit up. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. What was cool was that Simon kept phrasing of mine that had I written lyrics, I wouldn't even have kept because these were just like little rambling things I did. Like I was making stuff up on the spot. Maybe it's a mistake or you don't fit the words you want, but she was able to keep him in. And so there's, there's something really magical in, in that, but yeah, old man is not about, it's not like a dig going back to that. It's not a dig (laughs) on my dad. It was quite the opposite. It's kind of like you just realize in life, how your perspective changes over time. Yeah. You know? And like, so you've, you see your parents and you're like a kid and you have all these feelings and thoughts and, you know, teenager, 20, And all of a sudden you end up being their age that you remember looking up at them. And then you're kind of like, oh, this is so strange. (laughs) How did I get here? And how you're viewing stuff, but now they're older, so you can't see. So it's just this cycle of, you know, maybe we just have to be more gentle with with everyone just because we're all, you know, human beings and we make mistakes and like, feel like the more you judge the more you end up doing the same things later on 
Yeah. And so it was that kind of idea in there. And that's the other thing I would do with Simon is that when I was doing it, she would have been like, you want to keep the world old man? Or maybe she even said like, I really like it. Let's let's keep it. And I was like, I, no, I wanted to keep it. It was very natural. It was the first thing that I sang when I was trying to find the melody. So yeah. it's kind of hard to change those words. So how much of that did she write versus... I would say she wrote the lyrics just because okay. I said old man or like if she kept a line or two of mine that I said that worked. Everything is there yeah. by her hand, you know? Like I wouldn't... I wouldn't take that uh, away from her. But the conversations that we had dictated sometimes where where songs would go. And it was a definite point where I was like, it's not about fuck you to my dad. It's not, it's not, it's (laughs) not like that at all. If anything, it's like, oh man, like all the times I said that and now I'm in your shoes when I would say that to you. And I'm like, I kind of, I kind of get it. Kind of get it. And you, you know, you did a lot. (laughs) Like, you know, I appreciate it. Were your parents getting divorced at that time? Was yeah, it, they were still. Yeah, but but it wasn't a dig at the. But did it must have spurred it? Right. I mean, I just sure, imagine. Sure. It was definitely not. You know, divorce is. It's funny. Divorce is not. I was thirty six when they started. It wasn't any easier. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm thirty six. Like I didn't feel it. Yeah. Felt it just as hard. Very weird. It's always weird when. It's the idea like never call the cops. <laughs> never. <laughs> Get, as soon as you get other people involved in your stuff, you can't just talk it out. Yeah. You can't, you can never go back. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's what it was. I would get a lot of, um, the weirdest things I got is just, we were like a tripod of a family. My mom's from Argentina and my dad's from Gibraltar. Which is the craziest place right. to be from. Right, I, mean, I know. You know I mean, people don't even, you. they're like, Gibraltar, where the hell is that? The Rock? Yeah. <laughs> Living Daylights, James Bond, the opening scene is in Gibraltar. If you want to know what it what it looks like, it's just a giant rock off the coast of Spain, though it's British. <laughs> and they're angry about that. But yeah, so, so far away. And they met in Argentina and they moved to LA. And I grew up here. So I didn't grow up with like, you know, a family every couple of years when they'd come visit for three months. Right. Not like cousins or aunts who live in the same city. So we're like a tripod. So that interaction still existed even in the divorce. So that was like the hard part was like, even though I was not getting involved or I was just trying to help out where I could, it's going to affect me. Yeah. And anger will come out from different people and it's going to, you know, I'm in the middle. Yeah. Regardless of if they notice or not. I imagine some things came from it, but that's like it, a God, writing songs are so so funny. There's so many different spots. And you might even have one line that means something to someone, but the whole song is a different meaning. Meaning like it's not... Just not so like, I'm going to write about how much I like or dislike this person. Yeah. Even if you do that, you might venture off and have a whole story or a line works. I mean, it's a combination of music and words. Sometimes stuff that's really simple is more powerful the music to me is what i want to have move you and then the, the words on top are like a cherry but these conversations i had with simon were like amazing we would have hour-long conversations about what i felt where i wanted it to go or what she thought or we would disagree or agree or like it would be amazing but like remember an old man the second verse just wasn't right and then she came up with the bullet wounds and self-defense even like in Never Stop, she had this story. It didn't feel like that to me, but she had this story about this older person who just like never 
this character who like who who never stops even though he he you know he hasn't made it he doesn't care i was like sure i guess try writing that <laughs> and you, i didn't connect with me and then she sent me the lyrics and i was just like this is so great but uh this is not what i would have thought it would have been did it ever connect with you at any point i mean the lyrics connected with me when i sang them for sure Got i wouldn't it. have sang them this is the first time I wrote with someone else. I I didn't do anything that didn't fully connect. Feel with me. authentic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I just mean sometimes the way the way someone tells a story about where they're gonna go. You're kind of like, yeah, okay. I don't I don't know what's in your head, but it's yeah. It's funny to not get it and then get something back and being like, well, whatever was in your head, it was. It's not what I thought it was gonna be, and this is amazing. But yeah, no, it wasn't like just write lyrics. I had thought I was going to like try to get a bunch of friends to help me write lyrics, but it's a lot harder to get people to help you out than you might think. <laughs> what kind of trouble did you come across with that? No, nothing. Just Not people. trouble per se. Yeah, what kind of trouble? Oh, I got in a lot of trouble. I get in a lot of trouble, but it's not from asking people to write songs. <laughs> Such a troublemaker. Um <laughs> I don't know. I just, this was just like an idea. I thought like I would ask certain bands that I'm friends with if they, and people who I like, they write lyrics if they wanted to give it a go. But it's hard. People did you, are, you did ask. I did. I did. Yeah, okay. uh, everyone was really nice, but I think they were all like in the middle of records or sometimes people wanted to do it, but they, I think they, maybe they wanted to change the melody of it. Which I wouldn't have minded, but I've been like, okay, well, now we're working on the song very differently. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it was just the timing of it. Because I was just recording, right? Just recording. I could have, I could still be recording. I was in such a finding voice memos and just like creating songs. It was, I was in such a little heaven. And you were sort of doing the strokes. The, the new abnormal was yeah, like gestating too, right? We'd done a little bit and then we started the promo tour and then the pandemic happened. And then uh, Gus would just fly over. Gus Ober, he's my best friend. He just front house for the strokes. I was pretty loose during the pandemic, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no precautions for well, you. Well, no, I always just thought, no, no, I mean, there was precautions. I mean, he flew on the plane and I guess you have to wear a mask, but he just came over. Precautions because you. <laughs> he just came over and then we just started working. I mean, my wife was pregnant. I don't know. We would still exercise and stuff like that. I always feel like, I find it hard to believe. What happened there was they tell you what's happening, but no one ever tells you how to build your own immune system. It was a weird thing to navigate. It was. It was very weird. Did working on music, though, I mean, how your wife was pregnant. So there was a, I mean, she your was. Parents, well, she got pregnant on. in June, and this was, we started in March, right? And first kid, right? First, first and only kid. First kid. No more kids. divorcing. No more, <laughs> no more kids. One is... I'm grateful for her. She changed my life. I love her dearly, but I don't have the capacity for it's a lot for it. Requires you know? a lot of bandwidth. I have, yeah. I have two. You have two. Yeah, my eldest really liked your solo record. Oh. <laughs> she had me add it to That's her awesome. playlist. <laughs> Is it uh, how how old are they? Seven and four. Just turned seven and four. Mine just a little over two. Yeah, so you're in a different different spot. It was terrifying at first. Though, my God. You know, some people come, they come out and they're like, I was born to be a parent. I was like a PTSD, like, I 
was like, what happened? My life's completely changed. <laughs> it, yeah. I love you, <laughs> but it's just everything's really different. Do you feel like it's balanced out? It's balancing out for sure. Yeah. I mean, anything, it makes sense. Any creation in the universe is through destruction. You know what I mean? Like even how we're here, it was through things banging into each other and yeah. blowing up. Right. So it makes sense that to create something like new life. I mean, it's amazing to have seen it. You know, it must be something that, it, you know, just just an extreme thing your kid destroyed your life yeah i mean that it's <laughs> it's it, <laughs> it just it just needs to re it destroys it in the sense that it's meant to and you're meant to build up deeper and yeah. and better and your your heart's richer for it and yeah. it's like yeah. so you can't be the same person it would be ridiculous yeah and just to see life take shape i started to think that maybe personality traits and little things you do are just are all in there. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with what I was saying or doing, yeah. just from generations passed on. And who knows which part she has in different people, but it's... And that's sometimes that's scary. Sure. When I think about sure. it, I'm like, damn, does she have some of my uncle in there? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, you know, like, I'm oh, sure. She's just like, I'm sure they have different, probably even ancestors you didn't even meet. Yeah. You ever like have like your friends or friends brothers and you're like yeah it doesn't even seem like the part of the family yeah. or like their personality was just so different than the rest of the family friends who were twins and you just couldn't believe dude i was a twin it passed away at five months but i was a twin. i was so curious that not not to bring a downer <laughs> wow <laughs> you're like oh but um yeah i always feel like there was something i'm always so curious about what that would have what my life would have been like had i had a twin were you able to glean from your parents how similar or not you were in the five months like we temperamentally well, no, it was five were... months in like my mom didn't know she oh. had twins it was five months but it still looked like a little human supposedly when oh, no. it came out my dad this might be a little graphic but my dad took it out of the toilet and they brought it to the hospital and they said it looked like a little kid and i always questioned oh, this but the God. doctor was like yeah, you lost the baby. Those are just phantom feelings. And like a few weeks later, she found out she was still pregnant with me. And I remember knowing that as a kid. But as a kid, you don't like really think what that must feel like for your parents. Yeah. It wasn't until I was 36 and I was like, man, that must have been weird to have, I think is it called stillborn? To like still, have, yeah. have a kid come out like that. And like, it must that's heavy. That's Super not a heavy. light thing. And then I didn't realize how close she worked. So much so that the nail and part of the other placenta was on mine when it came out. Gosh. Like one of the things. And so like it made me like, uh, it actually, it made me cry. Because yeah. <laughs> I was just like uh, imagining just being that close to someone. There must be some kind of energy in there, you know, when you're like being made. Yeah. I know at the time you weren't thinking about how your parents felt, but it's probably because it was super overwhelming for you too or did you really not even like when i was a kid when you were a kid i mean I, it's hard to remember yeah maybe it was it was too much i was just i always thought it was just like a it was just a story i, I heard it so much when i was since i was little right, so it just yeah. became like it's part of my story part of your story and then yeah. wasn't i was older i was just like man this story is like a superhero story and that's when i did on the record before i was like 
what a cool way to create an alter ego yeah is through through that story and then this album is like the deconstruction of accepting i made a record where i accepted being the front person because all the records beforehand were just like i really just want to be in a band i just like writing songs yeah <laughs> they're just exercises so i could try to write more songs in the band or be, just be a better songwriter in general and on the fourth one i was like okay i just have to accept that it's just my name so before you thought about it as exercise for the strokes yeah the first album was just yeah. like when i made my first album years to keep i was like if i don't finish something and it's just done like i didn't think i was going to tour it or anything if i don't like finish it i'll never grow Cause I'll always be like, well, it's just kind of a demo. I can change it. You know, everyone always yeah. like, you know, that's just a rough mix. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing everything. So. Felt good to commit to. I just, I just felt like I needed it. I felt like I had stuff that I'd been nurturing since my late teenage years mixed with stuff that I'd done after I joined a band. So I, I needed to get rid of it to move yeah. on yeah yeah and i i wouldn't i wouldn't be the songwriter i am today unless i had done that but i just mean i, I didn't want to be like i didn't want to release a solo record and be like i'm albert Hemmings jr look at me like i just always wanted to be in a band that's all we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with more from albert Hammond jr apple card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card you earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch Subject to credit approval, terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
We're back with more from Albert Hammond Jr. So you feel like a guitar player. Like that feels like you are. I just like writing songs. I didn't even feel like, I feel like my guitar player now because that's where the role, like when I fell in love with music and guitar, I never, and it wasn't like, oh, I like Jimi Hendrix. I want to play lead. I was just yeah. like, I like Buddy Holly. I like Roy Orbison. I just wanted to sing and write songs. It wasn't until I was in a band that I, I, I don't know why it didn't click with me, like guitar parts. It should have maybe, or I didn't understand it. I just, I guess I fell in love more with the song mm. than like the instrument. And it wasn't until like I, I felt like I had to, when I was in a band, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to have to, even when I was first playing some leads and early stroke stuff, I was like, like I'm doing this like wow like it was it was so it was so strange when I first started writing songs it wasn't to like make an album it was just to like be a contributor in what we were doing you know it's always been a struggle I love performing I've been I used to roller skate when I was a kid so I feel like I've been performing since before in 9 10 11 12 I would you know, skate in front of a lot Skating's of people. Skating's back. Are you are, are you diving back <laughs> in? Are you getting back. back into it? Well, no, I did like, my skating that I did was, um, you know, like figure skating and ice skating? Yeah. I did that alone with a partner. On ice skates though or on no, roller on skates? No, on roller skates. They wanted me to do, it's so funny, the, what was her name? Kristen Yamaguchi. Yeah, Yamaguchi. Her the, coach the, wanted to coach me for the Olympics because his thing was like, he was like, I can teach how you can do everything you need to do to learn skates and stuff like that. What I can't teach is like what you have. I had like posture or like grace and like I could like move. I think my dad wanted me to ice skate too because there's money in ice skating. There's no money in roller skating. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I was like, but I don't love ice skating like I love roller skating. I mean, it was fun. It's very competitive. I liked winning. I just remember that. I remember not being nervous and I liked winning. I was like practicing every day, like three, four hours a day, wow. seven days a week. And then one day at 12, I like the hairline fracture on my ankle. And then I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Was it like your parents being like, you have to go to Definitely practice not. or you wanted Definitely to? Definitely not. You can't, I don't think you could push someone into wanting to do that if the person didn't want to do yeah, it. You yeah. might, you know, every day falling down, getting up, falling down. Like yeah. you just hours and hours. It's the same thing with an instrument, right? I mean, people ask for advice on guitar and it's just like, you're going to have many moments where you're going to want to quit. And it's the people that push through those moments yeah. that get better. That's all. That's all it is. Do you still have those moments where you want to quit? Like oh my God. Yeah. You tell, are you kidding? Like I love tennis and I was watching tennis and I was, I was, I was angry. I was like the number one tennis player has a coach teaching him more stuff, even though he's number one. Yeah. I would love a guitar teacher to get me over hurdles. I have weaknesses on guitar. I'm a very slow musician. I'm not a studio musician my ear is slow picking stuff up i get like stage fright in playing music with the band or other people and like stuff i won't know or just not doing stuff well i'll rehearse the shit out of something so that i can perform it on stage where it looks like you can't imagine the person not belonging there yeah. and i love that i love that part of entertaining but the unknown like scares me 
Okay. So like, I'd love to strengthen that ability. I mean, to come up with stuff for me, even like guitar parts I do on this album, I mean, I have to play so much bad stuff to find the good stuff, like embarrassingly so, mm -hmm. you know, like for like hours. <laughs> and then sometimes it's quicker and sometimes it's not, but it's like, it's hard for me to have that confidence to do it in other settings. Do you have days then where it's like really working? Like it almost comes scarily easy, like ever? Nothing ever feels easy, but I definitely have days where I I get enough confidence where I feel like maybe I'm not a mediocre piece of shit. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> like maybe I actually am. I remember turning... I think it was to my wife and I was like after recording this and I was like maybe I maybe I can I know how to I know how to write a song or something like that I kept saying like I've done it this many times like I got it there's got to be something there right yeah it's hard to the creative world can be hard you set your own boundaries and disciplines and there's a lot of time to be just destructive and it's a lot of times for my, my in, that inner voice I've been working on for a long time is just, we all, everyone has their inner voice. Yeah, it's, um, it's a rough voice. Your, your inner voice yeah, is rough. Yeah. So it's, it can be, it can be hard sometimes. Why, sometimes why, I, why? I mean, I honestly, what? I do want to find someone to like help me get over some, some hurdles. I'm not, I'm really good at being told what to do and I'll go do it yeah. and, and and do it. But if I have to like figure out, like it's like reading the instructions and like, you tell me if I do A, B and C, I'll get to D, then I'll do A, B and C. But if I have to guess that A, B and C gets to D and two months have gone by and I haven't gone to D, yeah, am I doing it wrong? Yeah, I don't. It's the same thing with, with food and, and working out. When someone told me, what I had to do to achieve certain things that I wanted to and why it works. It's great. Yeah. I'll just follow what you're saying and I'll get to, but if I had to like guess, I'd probably give up because I wouldn't see the results. I would feel like I was doing it wrong. Well, how did you early when you first picked up guitar, like how did you get through that? I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe early on was different because you're, well, it's different and the same. So there was, I was still pretty private about it. I wasn't like, I had friends or people in my school who were like, I play music or I write songs and they'd play you their songs. Like I never did that. I wouldn't sit down and like play someone a bunch of my songs. You, you weren't at like lunch playing free no, but there's for people, the... <laughs> but there's people yeah. who were like, oh, I wrote this and I'd do it at like the, what's it called? I don't even remember, but you'd have like class. The quad school, or school, whatever. Yeah, school yeah. meetings. And someone would be like, oh, and oh, the, the assemblies. Yeah, assembly. Yeah. And this guy yeah, wants yeah. to play the song. Like, that was not me. Yeah. Like, uh, not that I didn't want to be like that. It wasn't like I was like, but I just like, yeah, I didn't feel confident like that. I was just like, oh. well, and then you're, and then when you're not confident, the part of you is like, fuck that kid. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Know, I don't want to be that kid. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> you know? Well, you kind of gauge. You're like, does everyone, it's like, it's good too, because you're just like, what don't people like about it? Because he has confidence and able to do it so what is rubbing the wrong way and so you, you you learn something from that i don't know i i started playing it takes a while to get bar chords mm -hmm. i stuck with it i really learned a lot 
when I joined the band. I became, like, I feel like I've discovered myself amongst the other four. They're all very talented and quick and intense. I really, like, discovered what I liked and who I was in playing with them. And even in whatever, songs that Julian wrote or parts that people had or, you know, learning to how you fit in. You know, you can play an A, a bar chord and there's like, you know, a, three or four other solid positions to play it in that are more exciting than that A yeah. bar chord. A bar chord works really well for a certain thing. Riff is happening, but then I found like different inversions and I realized like... Mm-hmm inversions change everything yeah just it opens up a whole new door at first it was just like a third over like you know like three five one and then piano inversions started coming in and then that's like where i am now i feel like those different inversions allow me to they all come from being a little lazy they you don't have to move so much. You yeah, you can stay in with the, you can, the you're same. You're like, oh, look, this minor here, and then there's yeah. this. The progressions of guitar are all are all right there. So it's like, I mean, not always, but it just it can lean itself to new new sounds and stuff like that. So like, I think when I started, I didn't know what I was doing. Not that anyone else in the band knew. Yeah, we all kind of like discovered knowing that together. I remember early on though, in L.A. And first hearing Guided by Voices, and I was 16. And maybe it was like hearing that band that was like the, you said, how did you keep going? So I probably, you know, 13, 14, maybe as young as 12, learning stuff, but like not really committed. 14, 15, you're more committed. You know, it's like ninth grade. You know, first getting stoned and life just changes and you hear music and you become a different person. It feels yes. like overnight and you watch movies and you're like, these people are incredible. <laughs> Movies. Like, what am know, I doing? Yeah. And I went to like a private school and you're like, everyone's so boring at no offense to people in my school. It was just like, they're all so nice. I just mean like, and the conversation was always just like college, married, make money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it just felt like there had to be more to it than that. Yeah. You know, it all felt like so planned out. I just remember yeah. like I at 16. And then I got by voices were like some a band where I heard and I know everyone talks about their low fidelity. I didn't listen to them like, oh, this is low fidelity. I just heard amazing melodies and songs and like words and it hit me. It hit it was like visceral music that hit my gut that made me feel different as yeah. a person. Like I walked down the street with a different attitude. Yeah. And I think it's when you find stuff like that that you feel like they're just game changers. You're like, you're, I was just like, I will find a way. It doesn't matter. I don't need to be the kid at the assembly. I don't need to, I'll find my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you found Guided by Voices, did similar sounds continue to excite you or did you sort of um, go like, you know, some people have an evolution where they, they discover something that like, like Guided by Voices and then it's like, oh, like, well, they liked, you know, I don't know, Susie and the Banshees or right. like whatever. And they go oh, backwards sure, you and find... some people just keep going forward. Or I don't, no, no, you know. I find, we de- I definitely found people like that. I had a close friend named Matt Rivetto who was like my, slightly older and he was like my 
style and music like icon as a you know he was like 18 and i was 16 and i just like looked up to him at the coolest hair dressed in like these weird thrift suits and i was just like this guy is amazing <laughs> and yeah he would show me stuff and like it was amazing to see like like the modern lovers that band had the guitars and keyboard and talking heads and the drummer in the cars you know, and so it's like, and you just start, you start going to that. You see Elvis Costello and then like Nick Lowe, because he produced it. Yeah. And you hear his songs and you're just like, oh, wow. He was like such an interesting songwriter. And then those songs are similar to like uh, Squeeze. But those early time with like Guide of My Voices was probably like, in that same world would be like Built to Spill. They were very moving for me they covered someday at irving plaza in like 2001 or two wow we came to see them and they scribbled it from the set list i mean we we didn't see it and we we're like oh it's so weird that they were scribbling i know they get stoned and maybe they got weird <laughs> but but uh and then they covered it and it was like the best you know normally when someone covers a song you're just like thanks for ruining it <laughs> <laughs> uh they did such an amazing job it was like i was like anything julie and i were like crying at the show it was so good it they was do everything so good. great man uh but yeah just an amazing band right with like songs yeah who else was in there i mean so many people you know the the, the cure the cars the beatles stones but i also grew up with like phil collins and elton john when i was like nine ten i loved i love those songs so yeah. i bet part of me still has those like big 80 songs deep, deep inside me. So Yeah, yeah, man. Like, I don't find it cheesy. I think they're just like really good songs. Whitney Houston, like I just, I'm just like, man. Are you, are you a Whitney fan? Yeah. I love Whitney Houston, man. Yeah. Amazing voice. I mean, my God. Amazing voice. And also like could go really big and like do like the, I have an incredible voice thing. It could yeah. also just be sing a song straight and just fuck, you're so good, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, just in, in, incredible. This was around that time. I mean, you slowly build. I have like an encyclopedia of music. What's What's funny is that I got into music at different stages, right? Like I remember being like my early thirties, and I got into the Misfits. Oh, wow! And I feel like that's a band you find when you're like fifteen. Yeah. But like, I feel like my fifteen was like thirty-one. Like I was like <laughs> late to the late to the, honestly, it was late to the game. Like in my early thirties, I was like. Oh, I need something like this in my set list when I play. I need some like aggression like that. And I spent like a whole record trying to find my own versions of it. It's so I didn't want to sound like the Misfits, but I just I liked the vibe that it was it was coming off, right? And I yeah. So I mean, it's it's funny to have that delay because I did feel like I don't know. It's something when you have like a teenage angst usually, and yeah. I, I had yeah. that like an angst in my early 30s. Sometimes I rediscover my teenage angst. I don't know why I was, I mean, I was listening to a lot of your solo records and a lot of Stroke stuff in the last few days. And then for some reason on the way here, I, I, I don't know if it was because of listening to you guys, you, your music or what, but I just was compelled to put on Black Sabbath, which, so cool. you know, oftentimes it just comes on and it's like, cool, but I actually put it on this time. And uh, I was like, fuck, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, fuck, fuck the world you know like there's such a there's such a cool interesting band i feel like sometimes their their like logo or what people think 
they are because time has passed and people have been inspired by them. But they're a very melodic band. Yeah. yeah. And like the stuff is like not that distorted or dirty. It's like a very it's very straightforward. It's not theatrical. Maybe that's why it lasted the test of time a little more. Because it's like and he has a very he discovered early on his voice right away. So as soon as you hear it, you're just like, Yeah. It's a hook in itself. Yes. You know, yeah. even on a solo stuff. Was Crazy Train? Crazy Train, yeah, solo. Yeah. yeah. Was that Randy Rhodes who's playing guitar? Rhodes, yeah. God, such a good guitar player. Such a good guitar player. I don't forget the lead stuff, because sometimes when it's like so much fire, it's like cool. I know yeah. you play very fast, but just like the verse licks that he's doing in there are like I mean, I could just listen to that and that'd be yeah. enough. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you have an amazing song. You don't need to play anything else. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, he really got it. He, he knows his vocal sound. It's funny. No one tried. A lot of people copied Black Sabbath, but it doesn't seem like anyone really tried to copy. They did not. Ozzy's thing. But no, like the, 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 that heavy guitar stuff with like Ozzy's, Ozzy sometimes sounds like it could be. I know, but if you like took away Lennon the head, yeah, right? exactly. Well, yeah, know? it doesn't like. That's where I feel like people got influenced by it, but then they they took a part of it that I don't hear when I listen. Yeah. When I when I listen to it. Yeah. And even the drums, like the drums are really loose. Like they're cool. Like, I mean, there's a lot of parts, but like it feels also loose and yeah. I don't know, jazz, like jazzy. I guess you it's know. Very like, cool. They're a very cool band. I also got into later in life. Yeah. Just that happens. Like I also like this. Never a fan of Led Zeppelin. To this day? Just doesn't move me. Wow. Just like... No part of it. I mean, they're all amazing musicians. Right. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's just not something that I put on and I'm just like... Yeah, it doesn't give meaning to me. Wow. I know people, they're Whoa. like, wow, really? I'm like, I know, I, I've tried. I almost feel... Is there a part of it that you don't like? Is there, When you hear is it you're like, oh, fuck, that annoys me or this annoys I'm not a huge fan of the of the vocals. Okay. I mean, I think that all, all bands, even ones I don't, they got some great songs and I listen to parts and like they have it. But as a whole, like I don't like put it. There's a few bands that are like that. People are like blown away. Um, wow. I never really got into Pink Floyd. I love some of the guitar yeah. playing though. Some yeah. of the solos, I would totally, the bends, the, the literal bends that sounded like the Radiohead album. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. the way they would bend or do something, like I would like, Ooh, I like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, because yeah. I'm definitely one that just because I don't like something wouldn't mean I wouldn't reference a drum pattern from Led Zeppelin and be like, oh, that's cool. Let's do something like that. Yeah. I just, they're just, what I mean is don't like is like I never, they never moved me like I was describing God of My Voices where I like, it gave me attitude to walk around. I didn't, I never felt that. I'm waiting. I'm still yeah, waiting for yeah. the day. The Smiths never got into them. Everyone's like, wow, really? Who's another one that everyone's kind of shocked by? Radiohead. Fuck, man. <laughs> I know. Great. Radiohead has amazing these, songs. I that love I'll, these takes. This is awesome. This that is I would listen to for yeah. sure, but I've never like put on one of their records and like... Luxuriated in the sound. Yeah, so. yeah. There's definitely songs where I'm like... Is it the feeling? I, I honestly have no... I have no clue. I You think I want to be outside of it? <laughs> I want to be on the inside. It's... To be super clear, I don't dislike... All these bands are yeah. incredible. It's just your taste. I yeah. would be honored to be in any of these bands or even come close as a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to do with that. You don't think you're better I than... I like parts and songs of theirs. 
all of it. It's just, these are just, it's funny that they're bands that have created something for other people that I didn't get, that didn't happen to me yet. That's all. That's the only yeah. thing I'm I'm saying. Like, did you hate the Misfits until you heard them? Or I didn't hate. Not... I, wait, I didn't say I hated okay. anyone. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me not put words. I hadn't me. heard of the Misfits. No. Okay. When I was a teenager, I didn't know the Misfits. I literally discovered them. Like, who is this band? This is amazing. What? What song? Do you remember what song it was? That you uh, Last Caress. And I was just like, how did I not know this? And then I proceeded to write like three or four demos that was like trying to be. <laughs> I even covered that song live for a little bit. But you know, I don't hate any of those bands that I said. I think Take they're all that amazing. Back. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it doesn't resonate. Yeah. And that doesn't like mean there's probably even other bands there's bands I like uh song from songs from that are amazing that I I might have had moments with them. You can't have a moment with with everything. And sometimes it's just like how that's why reviewing a record's kind of funny cuz it's it, yeah. You know, like how many times have you listened to your favorite songs and some days you're kind of like, huh? Yeah. And other days you're like, you could be crying or yeah. feeling like it's connected. You're in the matrix and you're like stopping the bullets. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's, 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 there's groups that I dislike and songs that I, songs at least that I intensely hate. But then every once in a while I hear that song coming through the window or something random and I'm like, fuck, that sounds really good. And that happened recently and I can't That's remember. Awesome, huh? Wish I could remember what song it was and I was like, fuck, I, do I like, maybe I kind of like do this. Do I like this now? <laughs> yeah. Like, That's what that... I'm waiting for. That's what I'm, I'm, it's, it's come, it's definitely come close on some of, uh, on some of those. They've all turned around a little bit except for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Are people tempted to try to turn you? Like they're play always stuff? Like, so let me play you. blown away. They, they that's the last thing they would think that I would I would say. And then some people are like, you know what? I get it, I get it. But still, I want to make it super clear that I think they're amazing musicians. I feel like I'm going to get. I'm just waiting <laughs> for the hate I'm going to get on this. They're amazing musicians. You said some Zeppelin amazing songs. And Radiohead. I just mean like Why? the three hour show, some of the long jams, some of like the vibe they went for. It just, it's not like what I'd want to play. You right. know what I mean? Like I'd rather, like, I mean, look at my top songs over here. Yeah, like, what do you got, top songs? Like I'd rather put on. Philip Glass string quartet number three. Like, I'd rather hear that. We have to pause for another quick break, and then we'll come back with the rest of my conversation with Albert Hammond Jr. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. 
the most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with Albert Hammond Jr. Do you think your critical voice makes you better? Like if you were being honest with yourself? I I don't. It's the same way I don't think. So people, I think, I mean, it's fun to do drugs, but people do drugs in creating because it's like, I need to be like dark, right? Yeah. I think you, you do need your shadow and your dark side to create, but you don't need to do drugs or be angry, or have that stuff to enter the shadow. I mean, the shadow's sure. there all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just embracing the shadow and, like, nurturing it and, like, sucking that creative... That's where, like, creation really is in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sometimes I actually feel I can... I feel like two different people, like how I live my life and then how I am when I create it, takes a second to get in like the guy who pays the bills or drives or you know i i like put stuff in my calendar i'm organized that guy is not the guy creating mm. <laughs> you know the guy creating is like more of a more of a mess does one feel more like you they both feel like me but in in fact i used to always tell my therapist like i i want to be like indiana jones but part of me feels like indiana jones who's in the plastic box in the toy store like i'm doing it but i'm not actually living it if that makes sense like i used to be worse and now I'm, I'm a little looser but like i was like like i need to somehow enjoy the process more than the end result hmm. i noticed it in like getting a something ready in my in my house from moving it's like you just want to get it done but then when it's done something else you have to do you know what i mean yeah, if yeah. you don't enjoy getting there that's all you have is the getting there. That's all. That's all we're all doing <laughs> always. All. And so when you think about the creative, like there's these two people: the person who pays bills and drives and puts stuff in your calendar, and then there's the creative person. The creative person or the person who's creating is that the same person that goes like on tour when you tour? No, no. The person on 
maybe sometimes on stage you can get lost in it. But being on stage isn't like, you know, people like, oh, I just got flow and I just got caught in into it. At least for me, stage is like the way someone describes playing a tennis match. Mm. Fucking nailing it, going to beat this guy to just breathe just because you didn't do something right. You don't fall apart while looking like you belong there never ever showing that but so it's like this inner thing that's just like the amount of times i've had an amazing show has gone from like start strong i feel like i'm falling apart and then i come back and then something happens and you get lost and then where you want to push the crowd away they go and then you're able to bring them back and at the end you have more of them than when you started so you feel like you did something right in there. That's usually like, it's a, a, a show is like a whole experience. Yeah. That's why you're so trained afterwards. <laughs> it's like, it's never just like, I went out there and did my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, that sounds amazing. If doing your thing is a 90 minute movie, then yes, that's what happens with ups and downs and curveballs. And like your show is like your whole mix. And so like, and sometimes you're not, this is more of when I'm doing solo stuff, but you're not at a hundred percent because you can't be. You're on tour. You're never going to be. It's about learning how to be at like seventy percent, but doing the show like yeah. you were at a hundred. It really is like, an and ass. that's like, kind of yeah. like the secret to playing live music because it's never like you're at home. I meditated for three weeks, took the perfect shower. My hair is sitting just right. Let's just go do a show. It's like that, except the next day you have to do another one. <laughs> and you have to somehow get to the next. You know, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, especially on the solo stuff, you're just, you're tired. Nothing that you want it to do is come out totally right. Has has your relationship with touring changed over time? Like, does it evolve? Is it like, at first it was really fun and then it became a drag and then it's it was always fun, fun again? It's never, I'm not, I'm not jaded enough to not enjoy my life. I felt like I was built to be a part of a traveling circus. Cool. Like, I do love it in many ways you are going to not like things that you love at some point yeah. inevitable yeah. still there's been moments where like i love music and i would write songs and record them even if i didn't play music anymore because i just can't it's just i just do it yeah. i don't like i'm gonna sit and write they just like come out right i, I don't think i could stop that but there's been moments where i've been like man imagine if i like well, didn't play music or something like that so but I don't like dislike tour. And I've learned that the longer you do it, it's different solo and the strokes of, a, of a, the luxury is that we have a big fan base. And so like, it's more comfortable to tour. It's cool to reach new areas that you haven't, even though you've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And it also, when you've been doing it that much, it, the high isn't so much from playing a new song and having no one know it. The high is like watching how people are absorbing stuff that you know well and that they know and then feeding off of that energy. Yeah. Playing a song that is clearly making a crowd all feel nostalgic. How could that, if that's jading you, then I don't know, you got to go do something because that's like, Beautiful. that's a magical thing. I feel lucky. I, yeah. I wanted to be part of that fabric when I was a teenager and I fell in love with music. And now to even have glimpses of being part of that fabric is um, 
Yeah, it's unreal. It's really cool that unreal. you can have that perspective on it while doing you it's like you still maintain the fan perspective in a way i feel like you have to though i was saying that it's like your innocence from it is going to get beaten out pretty fast just by the game you have to play mm-hmm. all business is a game right yeah. and then when you fall in love with music you have no idea what that game is but it's not what you think it is and it's not for the love of it <laughs> you know there's you know there's stuff that you have to this stuff you have to do, but that's that's okay if you get to like create and do other things. It Basically, everything has a price. Yeah, at some yeah. at some point, small, big. Very rarely is that I create something so magical that there isn't. There's still even when you do that, there's still some price somewhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe you get tired of doing it, so you have to rediscover how to not feel tired from it. Yeah. How much input do you have on planning a tour? Like, do you get to like say like oh, I don't really want to go there, or do like a festival? Like in my in my solo stuff or the Stroke stuff? I guess both. Both. Yeah, I mean, touring wise, I would say Julian has the most say. I would say most singers have the most say yeah. about it. Unfortunately, that's kind <laughs> of like, or fortunately, whatever. That's like makes sense. That's that's part of it. I mean, I like festivals as like a cherry. You know, to me, they're like, they're fun when you're doing your own thing. And then you, then, then you get to do them because they're like this crazy thing. When you just do them, it can get dark because it's how you have to look at it. Like a festival crowd, you're going to play a certain kind of set list. You get 75 minutes, you're going to play a set list that appeals more to a mass. You're not really going to take them too far. It's too big. That's not the point of it. Yeah. That's not the vibe of the party. Yeah. It's not like a Andy Warhol party and there's a bunch of weird people invited. It's like a very, you know, it's it just, it is what it is. Yeah. And then at your own show, you could have a little run of two or three songs that you're almost purposely pushing people away to then bring them back or like, this is where it's going to dip down and then we can wrap it back up at the end. And you can do stuff like that. You can play some weirder songs for you or do something. You can go, you can do a jam. You can just have more fun with it. So I think when you're doing that, eventually, like I said with anything, it becomes boring. And so the playing the straight ahead thing for the giant audience, you're like, wow, I just played in front of 60,000 people. It's what a rush. Yeah. So that variety is helpful. So I always just try to say, if you're saying touring, I always try to like, want to have that balanced but between management and you know they figure it out well you my, my stuff is yeah. different it's like i'd like to tour places but it's unfortunately this is what i tried to do on this record was to have less of a band and have more stuff on tracks and create since i'm not a band i can create a weird world of like a three-piece band with tracks and just have it be like weird or weirder than less straightforward than just having like I've always had just players play everything I was just trying to be able to afford to go on tour it's very hard sometimes people are like why don't you come here or come there it's like I always debate how to talk about this because it's not it's not like it's not a complaint it's more just like realities of it's reality like like the band never feels stable enough to just sit there and enjoy okay like, I never feel like, uh, I never sigh. It's always like, hold your breath. 
that's not negative positive it's just like my personality's reaction to this thing i exist in the business right you can't like you realize that touring in some ways is a luxury yeah which is great you're yeah. a band that has an audience like be grateful yeah because that's like and you can if you can then make money from that that's an amazing gift there's other bands that would want to do that and just like can't i mean I'd imagine people could understand because even if you work a regular job and you have to take a business trip, you know, if the money's not right, it's like, yeah, damn. But it's always I, someone else paying. M musicians, like actors have businesses, like we are the business. Yeah. Like, even at the highest level, like who's the biggest, they gross crazy amounts, the stones, stones, right? Yeah. Right? They're still paying themselves. Right. No company, they might get an advance from a big company and stuff like that to advance it. Right. But they're still at a loss youtube for like six eight months of that touring even though like they're like the biggest band there's no like but when they make a movie the actors or directors they're not at a loss you're right right <laughs> right it's just the big company paying for it right so it feels a little a little different in that in that way i mean maybe that's what makes musicians a little cooler than actors sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> just gonna get outside here and just have a line of actors i heard what you said <laughs> And I'm mildly offended. I can take my mildly offended. The Albert Hammond lie. Jr. story. A lot of people mad at you. It's just <laughs> thanks for nothing. The Albert Hammond Jr. story. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you for the years of music oh, and the thanks. and the and the new solo record. Can't wait to hear the second half. Oh man, I can't wait to to just have it out. Thanks to Albert Hammond Jr. for chatting about his new double album, Melodies on Hiatus. You can hear it along with all of our favorite songs from him and The Strokes on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, Nisha Venkut, Jordan McMillan, and Eric Sandler. Our editor is Sophie Crane. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription service that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for only $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. 
It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, this is, this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now, ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. Plus.